What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's like a bicycle. You put a heck of a lot into it just to get a little out of it. It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Third time's a charm. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and his people are from Norway, and it does make him a freaking Viking. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sweden, but ahoy! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Scandinavia. We're next door neighbors. <laughs> That's We're right, neighbors. Scandinavia. Uh, and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She's waiting to be discovered and become a professional boulders gator. It's Alice. <laughs> you know it. You know it. I eat, breathe, and live it. It's a problem. It's, it's amazing. You're what you're going to wake up one day. You're going to look at your computer, and it's going to say, "Click here to enter the Baldur's Gate program," and you're going to get whisked away by Hopper oh my gosh. and uh, and learn how to. <laughs> Do professional Baldur's Gating. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I play Baldur's Gate on the PlayStation on the PS5. So very in, in line with the with the theme this week. There you go. Uh, that is because we're going to finally talk about Gran Turismo. It's been out for a while. It's actually out on VOD, I think, either this week or last week, uh, very recently. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and chat that one because we missed it one week while I was gone. And then we'll talk a new movie as well, uh, Flora and Son, just recently out on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, so wanted to, to take a look at that one. Of course, we'll do a best ever challenge looking at family movies. That doesn't mean what you think it does. Uh, it means movies where there is a family member title uh, in the title of the movie. So we're going to do that. And then we've got some buried treasure uh, to go along with it as well. Uh, no new reason to wait. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's kick it off by talking about Flora and Son. Young Max. One more offense and you'll be behind bars. Flora, you're his mother. Find him something to do. What are you doing right now? You don't want to know. You are a great mother. Am I? Happy birthday. What's that? 
It's yours. Don't want to play. Since when am I a guitarist? I can't go on like this. Living in a shoebox with a kid who hates me. I can't wait for the day I don't have to be here. Go on! Go back to your dad! I might learn the guitar myself. That's just too funny. It takes years of practice. Commitment. Are you really going to talk to me? About commitment. Single mom Flora is at a loss for what to do with her rebellious teenage son, Max. Her efforts to keep him out of trouble lead to a beat-up acoustic guitar, a washed-up L.A. musician, and harmony for this frayed Dublin family. Uh, this movie, of course, comes to us from John Carney, uh, who... You may know from other movies where music is the hero. Uh, that is kind of his thing. It's what he does. Um, so I don't have them listed, but if my memory serves me, begin again. Um, uh, Sing Street. Sing Street once. and Once uh, are his other films. So thank you both for not giving me a chance to remember, but just jumping in. I really appreciate you know my aging brain. I have to get there on my own, guys. Give me a second. Give me just like 1.5 seconds to get the next one. Uh, anyhow, uh, he's got a new one out. And once again, centers around music. We are dealing with uh, Eve Hewson. Um, who you may know as the daughter of Bono uh, from U2, or what? you may not. Uh, Alice didn't know uh, her. <laughs> I, I knew her from Behind Her Eyes, the Netflix series. Oh, very nice. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, JGL, stepping in as well. Uh, Jack Rayner in there too, as well as many others. What did you guys think of Flora and Son? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Alice, why don't you start? I think I really liked it, maybe even loved it. Maybe let's say low side of loved it for now. Low side of loved it. Putting it in the loved it category. Andrew, mm -hmm. what about you? I'm going to go with liked it. Maybe low side of liked it. Andrew is going on low side of liked it. I'm going to join you there on the low side of liked it. Uh, I don't think I can come away from this movie saying it was just okay. I, I, I didn't love it, and, uh, you know, it, I, I kind of liked it. So, yeah, low side of liked it works for me. Uh, Alice, you loved it more than we did. Tell us about uh, why this uh, played on your heartstrings. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um <laughs> well, they don't just give this job to anybody. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, I will say I love the like John Carney's films. I think his like non-musical musicals, they're just so pretty and I mean pretty in the in the story. They're always so simple and yet the music's always great. I always end up listening to the music like over and over again. I remember after I saw Sing Street, I just on repeat constantly. Mm -hmm. That's definitely Traveling my like favorite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, I, I, they are musicals. They're just di yeah. they're just oh, di yeah. what is it? is diegetic? Is that the word? Diegetic, for, yeah. Yeah, for yeah music they're diegetic musicals. In, yeah. I just call yeah. them non-musical musicals because when you say musicals, people think like Chicago or something sure, where people sure, sure, break yeah. into song. Yeah, Broadway, you know? yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's well, definitely this is not like, contemporary musical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like the music, there is an, the same amount of music. It's just it's it makes sense when they break into song because they're meant to be breaking into song. <laughs> yes. um, but uh yeah, and so I, I've always loved them. 
Sing Street's still definitely my favourite of them. Um, and mm-hmm. I'd say this one's potentially also below Begin Again. But I still really enjoyed this film because I love the way in which he develops his characters. Like, I find that even though it's a simple story and it's not a very long movie either, I still felt like, you know, he doesn't just give the easy go to the characters. He doesn't just go, oh, like, this is a bad guy. This is a good guy. This person's terrible. This person's mm-hmm. not. Like, they all have layers. They all have dimensions. Um, which I think, you know, it would be so easy to make it more ca- like more like caricatures. Uh, but I-, I really find myself connecting to the characters and then in turn connecting to music through them. Because that's another thing. I'm not like I consume a lot. OK, I consume so much content and something has to give. And typically it's music for me. Most of the music I listen to comes from movies, um, whether it's soundtracks or scores. And so I don't like I'm not up on the on the top music of today or something like that um and so because of that like for the films to be able to show and connect with me and show me why music is important to these characters and make me feel something it always like it always gives uh, gets more buy-in from me as a result of that so yeah that's a little bit of of why i i really love these movies and this one i think the the relationship between mother and son and then everyone around them i thought was really nice Andrew, some thoughts. I think that this movie is charming and just full of heart. And that's my biggest takeaway from it is I love these characters. Uh, Eve Hewson is amazing in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely amazing. And it's an interesting character because it's not a character you like. Like throughout the entire movie, like she's there are terrible. parts of this movie you're like, she's, she's terrible. a terrible person. <laughs> she's a terrible person. But there's something charming and like, yeah, I, I don't want to say naive, but but maybe I dullish. Mean, na- yeah, na- naive works though because it's kind of like almost like she's in denial of herself the whole movie. Denial think, is a better I think word. The movie does, I think the movie just does a good job of portraying her as a creation of her environment too. Like, you know, mm. like that there is, like yeah. we, we empathize with her as a quote unquote terrible person, whatever that means. Like, you mm. know, um, making choices that we wouldn't make or doing things that we wouldn't do or saying, you know, being mean or mm. whatever. We, we uh, contextualize that to her environment, what she's got going on in her life, um, all of those things. So I think the movie does a good job of making her a complete human being, like you were saying, Alice, so that even mm. though she is doing terrible things, in my opinion, um, you can go along for the ride of her journey and go, okay, who is she becoming and why and how is she finding the positive side of her humanity in such a negative hmm. space? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. I would also say that I don't know if any of the characters are like, quote unquote, good people, even the son. Like, I think and even think Joseph J- Gordon-Levitt's character. No, because even he has like, you know, we don't we only see him from her perspective. Correct. Really, we never see his his character and but we do hear a little bit about who he is and his past and everything so right. it almost feels like he was her once upon a time and since has g- gotten through it and then that's kind of almost what you know because I don't think it's a spoiler to say it's kind of a love story as well but like I think that's maybe part of why she's connecting to him because it's almost like he's what she could be in terms of his- I think that's exactly it, yeah. Yeah, his desires and, and what he, how he is. And so that's why she immediately connects with him and then, you know, why they're able to continue whatever that kind of relationship was um, throughout the movie. 
Uh, I'm going to talk about Oren Kinlan, uh, who plays the son in Flora mm. uh, in Sun. Dublin um, 07. And uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? Dublin 07. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dublin 07. I thought you said Doug something. I was like, his name's not Doug. I didn't think his name was Doug. Uh, yeah. Dublin 07. Yes. Uh, I think he's really great at, in this. And I think it's difficult to pull off both the awkwardness of that age as well as the arrogance of that age and he balances those really well it felt like an authentic um young teenager you know it just it really felt Mm. like a, a an authentic youth especially in that culture and in that area um as far as i know not that i've ever lived in dublin um andrew any uh any other things you want to talk about positive side i got a on the positive side, uh, not really. I do have a question that could possibly just start a conversation. Doesn't have to be negative. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. What is this movie trying to say? Because I honestly couldn't come away with uh, a moral sure. or anything that this movie is like saying. Like this is what you need to take away from this. It's saying the same thing if that it, every John it, Carney movie says. Yeah. <laughs> music, music, music will heal the soul. That's. I was going to say yeah. music can heal broken people. Yes, that's that's, that's, that's what, what every is. Carney movie is about. Is how the and power Dublin of music. isn't as picturesque as you think it is. People from everywhere else in the yeah. world. <laughs> is that the message? Because I'm heading that direction next year, and I I'm thinking about hitting in Ireland and Scotland, and I you oh, know. Oh, you should definitely go there. Yeah, no, okay. you should definitely go there. For from everything I've heard, I've always wanted to go as well. But I think it, it's him, you know, he always makes movies about, or he, not always, but now he's made two movies, I think, about the area of Dublin mm-hmm. that he grew up in, which are like the projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just a show. It's not just the green and the pretty and the, you know, old houses. It's also like people, you know, because there is a, a pretty intense sort of like gangster element um, across Ireland and England in general and, and the UK. So I think he just wants to show that element without it being like a Guy Ritchie film. Where it's like, this is just what it's like. People people just think want to be cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have a love-hate relationship with John Carney movies. Um, and part of it has to do with what you're talking about, Andrew, with the message. Um, I, I, because I love that mess. I love music. I love how music can bring us together. I love how, I mean, I grew up in the church and singing hymns and like, there's this community aspect of music that's like buried in my soul just from growing up. And I've sung in, you know, groups, choirs and, you know, you know, small ensembles and, solos and duets and i just i love you know one of my first memories with my now wife was you know we were a sophomore and junior in high school and sang a duet in a talent show together you know what i mean like like Aww. there is something Aww. really i, I have That's the video cute. you want me to play the video we're gonna stop now while oh i play them the video God. no i'm just kidding um <laughs> so uh so anyhow i i love that message but music doesn't make everything better and that's where I have the love-hate relationship with. Like, there are underlying problems that music doesn't solve. It just makes you feel good for a second. Like, mm-hmm. there has to it's be... A Band-Aid. 
It is. It's a band-aid and sometimes surgery is needed. And so that is my love-hate relationship with these movies is it shows us that surgery is needed with this mother and son. Mm. Like they have <laughs> issues, right? Yeah. When you when you were reading the plot out and you were like, despite her efforts, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what efforts? <laughs> she is the worst mother I've ever Besides seen. Besides the effort she believes she's making. Right, yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah. so surgery is needed, and writing a song together isn't going to solve that. It's just hey, not hey, in the real writing world. Writing two songs I'm sorry. together. You're right. There were two. I take it all back. Everything's fine now. Um, so that is that is my love hate relationship with these movies. Is often mm. you know they they make music a miracle medicine. Sorry for the alliteration. Uh, it just came out of nowhere. Uh, instead of actually dealing with the problems that are underneath and um and so that's just that's just kind of a through line for mm-hmm. his stuff and uh and it's it's definitely here it may be here even more than in his other stuff like it was it's most obvious yeah. to me uh in this in this movie have you seen once yes okay because that one okay because that one is less like band it was more Correct. realistic which is yes. i think what helped him shoot onto the scene more and see i've always seen these films as kind of hyper realistic you know almost almost fantasy because a they're always shorter so the stories are always quite simple i found like especially you know begin again there's this whole thing with like a record deal and it it's all a bit ridiculous same with sing street um and then obviously this one where yeah it, it happen. everything happens way- almost too quickly right throughout the film based on where the characters start and where they end but i've always almost seen them as like a dream sequence film where it's showing you a version of reality where music can be a type of surgery or it can fix that hole that might be mm. in some people's hearts. Sure. And so, and as someone who has always really loved, you know, romance and fantasy and that sort of thing, like I find myself buying it because I just see it as like one of those ultimate forms of escapism. Like this isn't real life. This No, no like single mother who barely pays attention to where her 15 year old son is most of the day isn't going to suddenly take a guitar lesson and then be like, no. I love my son and will fight for him all the time. Mm-hmm. It, that's not going to happen. And you're not going to, you know, all the things that happen in the film are unlikely, but I just saw it as like, this is the best version of this society in a way, which is why I'm always like game for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I am too. It moves me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I, I'm definitely moved by this movie. I'm, I'm moved by the finale. I'm moved by a few of the musical moments, uh, which I, I think are really good. Um, but overall, it's difficult uh, in that way. Um, Andrew, other thoughts? Uh, this movie leaves a feeling of unfinishedness. The movie mm. introduced, and uh, apologies for spoilers, but there's several moments of will they, won't they chemistry that never gets answered, really. Like, I, by the end of the movie, I, I think I know where they're, where they're standing, but for, I'd say, about 80% of the movie... It, it it's chore or it's telegraphing something, and then it turns out the movie has no interest in uh, finishing that story arc at all. Alice, how did you feel about that stuff? Well, I was going to say my one of my cons 
in general about John Carney films is that I find that his endings are quite weak or ru- not weak, but they're always rushed. Like I always feel like they, they're kind of like, eh, but you know where it goes right from there. And so I think this one had it more than most where again, it, yeah, I think I, I know what's going to happen, but I remember looking at what, how much time was left in the film at one point being like, there's only like 30 minutes left. How are we going <laughs> to get through? Where From where we are, where, where are we going to end up? And so I feel like, again, what I think he's trying to do is make it, again, that point in time. These are real people in a fantasy type society where it's like, you know what's going to happen. You don't need to see it. You can infer. But it's sometimes you just want to see it. Like sometimes I don't want to infer. And I think the song that plays over the credits is also meant to be a little bit of an answer. But again, I, I think when you build up similarly, not just the will they, won't they, but certain questions about even her, like her relationship with her ex-husband and, yeah. you know, what's happening with the son. And or like, I would like to see a little bit of a one month later or something at the end. Uh, Jack Rayner, by the, the way, uh, yes. only uh, ever seen him in Midsommar. That's the only other uh, place I've, I've seen and Sing him. Street. Uh, is he in Sing Ooh. Street? Yeah, he plays the brother. Ah, uh, I bet you're right. Oh, Jack Rayner? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in Sing Street. He's the older brother who I swore was going to get the Oscar yeah. nom that year, and he did. I know. I think I you're know. right. I think when I saw him in that, I wasn't aware of him at all. And so that just kind of And he's in that Transformers movie where they do the Romeo and Juliet clause with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron, how'd you forget that? Listen. <laughs> Listen, it's no surprise that Midsommar stood out amongst those amongst those. He's movies. a little bit more intense yes. in that one. A little bit little more bit, going on there. Has a bit more there. of an intense storyline. Yes. <laughs> His ending in that is very good. Yes, and, and very clear. He's just a big old teddy bear. He's just a big old teddy bear. Oh, uh, listen, I don't know if this is a hot take, but my least favorite part of this movie is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he's terrible in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. Every time he's on screen, I don't buy it. I, uh, I think there's something very frozen and wooden about his delivery and his character. Um, when he, even when he's contemplating deeper things or talking about his history or whatever, it just, I. There is something about that character compared to the. Uh, it may just be the comparison to how fully fleshed out and authentic the other characters feel that just doesn't work for me. Um, and because of that, I was never able to really buy into anything between uh, Flora and Jack. Like it just, it just never worked for me. So, um, am I way off base on that? Like it, it just, it, it just felt yeah. really bad to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, look, I was thinking the whole movie, I'm like, I understand what they're trying to do with this whole computer, non-computer connection, but I almost would have preferred if he had just been an an American living in Dublin and then speaking about, you know, LA and his life and how he moved here to try something different. Because I felt that when I really sensed their chemistry were in those in moments where they weren't on like just talking over the computer those those kind mm. of in between moments especially the there's one on a roof and i was like see that i want more of that and and we didn't get <laughs> and there wasn't much more so i think I that seems the highlight of the movie mm. oh it's not it's not the highlight for me but it's definitely the highlight of their like entire relationship for me where like not of the film i th- i think that the mother son 
stories so much stronger. And I think that, you know, that whole, you know, just when they connect, those are my, were definitely my favorite moments. Um, but I just think that if they had just been in person and not on a computer, because we're not in COVID anymore and you don't need to do that anymore, that would have been nicer. <sighs> yeah, I didn't buy it. Um, <laughs> I think, I'm, and I'm trying to figure out why. And I think it's because I think there's a couple aspects to it. I think number one, they it, it wasn't um, uh, video conferencing enough. Like it was like mm. crystal clear, 4K, 4K, like perfect <laughs> yeah. lighting with the mountains in the background, and like it's just like. I don't know. She's watching actual YouTube videos, right? When she finds him. And and it's just like, it's so, I I don't know. When when she takes like a lesson from a park, I was like, where is the Wi-Fi? (laughs) (laughs) Does Dublin have like 5G everywhere? Do I just not know that? (laughs) I I also think, uh, and I could be totally wrong. I just don't think the movie needs the romance angle. I think that uh, teacher, Mm. that guitar teacher could have been anyone, you know, whether, you know, but it would be better if it was someone she wasn't attracted to. I just think the movie would have been better if there was no romance between or or attempted sexual tension between her. You wanted and, a Mr. Miyagi instead. Yes, absolutely. Yes, something like that. Like, because the relationship that we're supposed to care about, I think, is her and her son. It's right there in the title mm. in, you know, not every movie needs boy meets girl you know what i mean i don't know it's just i feel yeah. like this movie may have been better without it and that was probably the See, second part i of thought it. that the romance thing if it was going to be in it at all was going to be between her and jack Raynaud, between her and her ex-husband like i thought that that was going to be a whole thing where you know she tries to win him back but then she realizes that she doesn't need him anymore like i thought there was sure. gonna be a whole story there um because again when you first meet even him you're like he's the worst he's the worst person in the world but then he gets a little bit of dimension as well and then i just feel like that would have been better and then i agree like she could have just had a friend i feel like that almost would have been more powerful to just have a friend also because the whole time i was like what is the age split because i feel like how she's meant to be like 30 ish and then how old is joseph gordon levitt i don't even know He's like in real life or oh, in I, the movie? Yeah, I guess both. <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> well, I think he's like 44, 45. Yeah. And then she, how much How much younger is she? Let, let's let's do, so she's like 10 years younger than him. So I guess that's not too intense. Yeah. But I just, I do think that it would have been fine if it had just been a friendship. Because I think there's something to be said about friendships and how those can heal you and Mm -hmm. how it doesn't and even it could have honestly started the same way where you know she over sexualizes him but then it grows something deeper like i Mm -hmm. I agree i think that could have been really powerful yeah um anything else we want to talk about uh alice you got one last thing um i thought 90 minutes is a great amount of time for a film, and more films should do that instead of three and a half hours, Killers of the Flower Moon, coming up. Have you uh, seen Killers of the Flower Moon? I haven't yet. Then you don't get to talk about hours. its runtime. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, this is the thing. I'm done with people complaining about long movies that they haven't seen. 
Week. I know, I know, but I'm just saying it's nice to have the other end of the spectrum sure, sometimes. Like, I'm sure I'm going to love it. I never have an issue with it while I'm in the film. It's just planning, okay? Yes. I have things to do. Uh-huh, yes. So. Bathroom breaks to take. I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew, do you got one last thing? Uh, no post credit scene, but there is a song that's in the credits that is technically a part of the movie if that makes mm-hmm. sense so mm-hmm. uh it's it's worth sticking around for good song that'd be my one last thing as well uh is just the music in general once again mm. i think it's amazing um i've already popped this on uh while doing some work recently and mm. um it's just it's just great music it's just these movies yeah. always end up having great yeah. music and i end up listening to it so i think it's i think it's just the harmonies there's a great sense of harmonies yeah uh, harmony I in also his films think- they all kind of sound similar in a good way, where I feel like if you put on mm-hmm. all all the music of all the films in one big playlist, it would just mm-hmm. work really nicely yeah. together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that is Flora and Son. It is available on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, let's move on to the next review. Let's talk a little bit about Gran Turismo. What is this? It's a contest. The best Gran Turismo players in the world. Get a chance to compete in professional racing. Dude, this is real. This is real. I'm sorry. You really think you're going to take a kid who plays video games in their bedroom, you're going to strap him to a 200-mile-an-hour rocket. It'll tear him to pieces. The ultimate wish-fulfillment tale of a teenage Gran Turismo player whose gaming skills won him a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver. Um, This is a video game, I guess. Uh, Gran Mm -hmm. Turismo is a... uh, True story video game. (laughs) This is a... Don't get many of those. This is a true question mark story uh, that, uh, that takes place... In our world, uh, Orlando Bloom, uh, David Harbour, uh, Archie, uh, I believe it's Mattaquay, uh coming yeah. in as the main star. And also Jerry Har- uh, Harwell, uh, Ginger Spice, hanging out uh, as uh, his mom. So that was fun to see, too. Jaiman Hansu. Oh. And, and yes, yeah. Jaiman Hansu as well. Um, what did you guys think about Grand Turismo? Oh, I should mention Neil Blomkamp uh, directed oh, this. Oh, yeah. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Grand uh Turismo. I almost said uh, Torino, uh, which is a different movie. <laughs> Andrew, did Get you like? I love it. <laughs> did you like it? Get love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. Yeah, Alice. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> oh, passionate responses are fun. Um, I could not feel more similarly to this movie than to Floor and Sun. Uh, low side of liked it. Can't quite only say it was just okay. There's too much to like for me uh, to say it was just okay, but I do have issues. Um, so, yeah. Andrew, you seem solidly in liked it. So oh my why God, don't you, you love it. Yeah. Why don't Number you, one movie of the year, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. About it. I think this movie is an adrenaline ride from start to finish. I, w- I bought into it and... Maybe it's the fact that I like racing movies, that it was kind of an easy in for me. And I think it pays homage to a lot of racing movies that came before it. I get a lot of Ford v. Ferrari in this. Maybe it's just because Le Mans is say, the big they, race they both, at the very end. They both end in the same race. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be funny if, if, 
if somebody drove by, if you know, uh, from Ford v Ferrari during that, like if we found out it was the actual oh, we same see Christian race. Bale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see Christian Bale come by. That'd have been a cool cameo. <laughs> but wasn't it fascinating? If you have seen Ford v Ferrari, mm. it is fascinating to see how the sport has evolved since then. Mm-hmm. You know how the cars have evolved, the track has evolved. You know, the pits, everything has changed, and it has been modernized. Uh, and uh, I think that Neil Blomkamp did a really good job of taking me on this journey, uh, uh, this quote-unquote true journey that Archie went through. Um, yeah. Uh, or John, I should say, not Archie. Yeah. I I should also mention this is England, right? This uh, happened uh, in England. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. The, he was, yeah, English. Uh, UK-based today. Well, it was a, it was a UK-based promotion, wasn't it? No, I mean between the two. Between the two, it was a world promotion. (laughs) Are you sure, Andrew? It was a world promotion. Yeah, they had people there from the U.S. and stuff. Okay, the characters in it were like American and stuff. Okay, Um, and there was like a German one, and then there was like a Spanish one. Okay, it was a world. It was a world contest. Okay, but the first part of it was the U.K. part of it. Maybe that's where my brain uh, Mm. figured out. He logged the high. He logged the fastest. Uh, lap speed for his region which was the UK. Okay. Um yeah. so I I do not hold for the most part um a a true story to being an absolute true story. Like you don't have to tell me exactly what happened for me to be entertained by your based on a true story movie. Um this movie takes a lot of liberties uh, with the order of it puts things and the way it condenses the time frame of different things that happened in this person's life and with the way it uh, takes one moment from their entire career, maybe five or six years into their career and makes it like the defining moment of, you know, their uh, first year or whatever. Like, I, I, I get that that happens. I understand that, you know, true stories have to kind of condense and do all that kind of stuff. So I don't hold it against it too much. However, I do think in this case it does uh, harm my investment a little bit because this is a movie that's like, I can't believe that actually happened. And then when you read about it, you're like, oh, that actually didn't happen. You know, so like that part of it gets a little <laughs> annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 but I really enjoyed most of this movie watching it, like being entertained by it. I thought the racing was well shot, was really well done. I thought we got a good sense for what makes racing interesting, you know, from uh, a racer's point of view, from a mechanic's point of view, from the pit's point of view. Uh, I thought the movie was funny. Um, I think David Harbour is great. Um, He's so good, and and I I liked seeing the softer side of him here. Um, I I thought that was really really good. Um, so yeah, I just I I had a good time with the basics of this movie, and when the basics of a movie work, uh, overall I'm I'm just gonna have have fun. Alice, what are some of your uh, first thoughts? Uh, positives. Yes, I have some. David Harbour is good. (laughs) No, David Harbour is, is like, he was definitely the best part of the film for me where I was like, I just wanted to watch the scenes with him because they were the ones that I was actually enjoying in a way. I also think Archie, um, what was it? Madakwe? I think he, yeah, I thought he was quite good. Like I, I could see him 
doing well in the future. I was like, okay, I, I've seen enough here. I, I look forward to seeing him in other projects. And I agree, the racing scenes were fun because I also enjoy just racing scenes in general. And after the film, I just kept talking to my friend about how much I want more movies about racing and specifically how we should have more Formula One movies. I know that there's one currently being made on in the Formula One track, but like... I was just thinking there's so many stories around there. That'd be so cool to see more of. Um, But yes, I think, look, I think there's a lot of potential in the film. And about halfway through, I figured out how I would fix it for me. And then that bothered me for the rest of the movie. Um, Mm. And I know that we're- that happens. Yeah. And I, I know that we're reviewing the movie we see, not the movie we want, but- I, I will just say half like it because I found that for me not to get into negatives early I had a real issue with the pacing the pacing for me was all over the place because at some points it was like and now it's two years later and I was like what and then other times we spent so much time on like two days and I then halfway through I was like oh this should have been two movies because we should have had a whole movie about him getting into the school thing and then, you know, rate, like trying to be the chosen Nissan. Like that could have been a whole film and that would have been cool. You would have gotten to know the other characters. You would have gotten, you know, more understanding of who he is and the work it went into for the training. And then a sequel, because if it had money, a sequel. And then that could have been about his first few years on the track. And I think as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, that would have been so much better. And then that just, I just couldn't get, it just kept hitting (laughs) me the whole movie. Couldn't shake it. I don't know if I would, uh, I don't know if I would like that more or not. Just, uh, I think I liked how they did this movie. Uh, It could have been better, absolutely. But I think I like combining the, the, uh, the school with him actually racing. Um, I do understand your complaint because the actual him racing in Formula One is very minimalistic in this movie. He does it's, it's like 80% the school. But I'm okay with that. I don't know why. Maybe it's the fact that, that for me that seemed to be the more interesting element of the movie seeing how this wild marketing scheme came together and quote unquote worked. You know? Yeah. So one of my negatives is I'm not sure how the movie shows us how it worked. Like the the movie, it says, okay, this person came from here and it has a couple moments where they're like, oh, when I was playing the video game, I took my own lines. Oh, I'm seeing the course with its own lines. But like, <laughs> yeah. but like the movie didn't really go into like what, why a video game player you know, would have an advantage over, you know, somebody else or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, um, mm-hmm. which I thought would have been interesting uh, to, to go a little more in depth, you know, with that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter might just be that they don't. <laughs> it might just be that, that, <laughs> that it's the training that actually yeah. <laughs> teaches yeah, them how to be. Yeah, because he's terrible when he just has, like, he's good right. enough, but when he gets onto the track, they're all kind of not great, except for the American one, because, mm-hmm. of course. And then he trains and he gets good, because, of course, he's going to win, because the movie's about him. So I'm not, I was never tense during the, the school scenes, which I guess, you know, maybe that goes against what I just said about having it be two films. But <laughs> I, look- I just, 
I will also say this. I understand. I understand before anyone yells at me, I know that that's what like Formula One and stuff, there's ads everywhere. I get it. But my God, this whole thing just felt like the most blatant, intense advertising. It just felt like a really long Sony ad. And I just, everywhere I looked, it was like, you know, product placement, product placement, product placement. It was so in your face. And I was just like, is this just one of those, you know, it felt like the bonus DVD you get with a console when you buy it to show you how, <laughs> like, it looks. That's what the, the movie felt like to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when you bought a DVD player back in the day and you got Tomb Raider, Lara Croft Tomb Raider for free, just so that, you, or and Jimmy yeah. Neutron Boy Genius, just so that you could, like, put it on and be like, look how it works. It works well, right? Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance with the incredible uh, video game graphics, uh, mm-hmm. but also flip phones and MP3 players. <laughs> like, wh- what era are we actually in here? Where are we supposed to be? Is this, but you know, it's. I think it's supposed to be a PS5. It looks like it's supposed to be, even though this wouldn't have happened at that time, but. Um. Yeah, I it's, think it's meant to be like two thousand, like early two thousand. I think that's when it happened, but I don't know that it this should movie be a PS three. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. don't know that this movie takes place when it should have happened. That's what well, I'm yeah, saying. No, it's, they're advertising the PS five, so that's why they were like, "It's fine." <laughs> like nobody cares. They're watching a racing movie, which is what they want you to think. Because even the trailer, I remember being like, "A true story." What? And I think I just think there's so much you could have done. With the premise, and it all just felt so... I know you guys liked it, and I'm sorry I'm hating on it so much, but, like, it was such a basic film. The plot was, like, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I understand that it's because mm-hmm. it's a true story, but, oh, my gosh, the whole time I was, like... I literally started toward the last 45 minutes being, like, and now this is going to happen, and now this is going to happen, and then everything I said happened. And I just, uh, that's why the pace, this, going back to the pacing, it's just, it, it's all over the place because at some points I felt like I had whiplash and then other points I was bored out of my mind. And so. Oh, so it's uh, like going to a, a race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never been to one, so I'll have to take your word on that. Oh, he's so boring. Sorry, race fans. <laughs> I, I've never been more bored than when I went, went to see oh, look, the Indy 500. Oh, We'll see them next time. <laughs> they pass. Um, there's a there's a reason. Oh, those... you went to the 500. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's like how many hours of just sitting there watching cars turn. Uh, there's left. a reason those stands are the the <laughs> filthiest in you know all of sports because uh, everybody's bored and just eating buckets of chicken. Is that the one where they go it? around in circles for like 50? 50- laps yeah, or 100 yeah, laps okay yeah, something cool. like that <laughs> it's way more than 50 laps yeah um, it's maybe about 500 about 500 or so yeah somewhere around there yeah. oh that, um, <laughs> that makes sense yeah um so uh That's 10 times I, I do want to i do want to kind of address a couple things alice that you're talking about mm-hmm. um as far as wanting there to be two movies in the pacing I don't think I wanted two movies. Uh, I don't think this needed to be two movies. I think this needed to be a tighter one movie. I want to go the opposite direction. I think this could have been condensed a little more. Um, there are times when this movie lingers in the, like, fifth place, seventh place, third place. You know, like the the se- <laughs> like the like season going yeah. on. Or even in the Le Mans race where it's like, you know, now they're in third and there's you know uh 14 hours i just like we get it like i don't i don't need 
20 minutes of that, right? Like to, mm-hmm. to understand how the yeah. ending is going to happen. So like, I think this movie could have been actually condensed more, um, than it was. And, uh, and I, I agree it has pacing issues. Um, I just may have fixed it like the opposite direction if, if it were up to me. Question. Um, uh, how much can we spoil given it's a true story? Like, can we talk about basic story moments? Because there's one bit in particular where I was like, we skipped, we, we spent so much time on this like random B plot, but we're skipping. Like this is just taken care of now. We've had 10 minutes on it. And something that would be really traumatic and would, like, apparently so traumatic and apparently it's been a really long time felt like it went for about five minutes and because the movie has to get to where it needs to get to. And I yeah, felt and it needs so it, totally it, it agree needs, with you on that. It, it, needs it, it needs it there in the... Well, it wants it there in the movie mm. for storytelling purposes. Like, that's the third act conflict, basically, uh, that every movie has to have um, for, you know, the protagonist to get over uh, to, to find the final resolution. Um, and so it kind of needs it there in the story. And because, <clears throat> I mean, the, the the time from third act conflict to third act <laughs> resolution is always short. That's part of storytelling. Mm. Like you you present it there, you show them conquering, like it's like this immediate one-two punch thing. So I think you're right. I think there's, there's not enough time spent in it. However, saying that, I still thought it was effective. I still... I st- oh, it got me. It really got me. Um, and I think... But that's what I mean. I would have loved more time spent. Because that felt real and different. It. Yeah. That felt different. I haven't seen that before. When it, Like, I've seen the thing that happened in other racing movies, but it's time's never been spent on that because mm-hmm. I feel people have always been like, eh, it happens, you know? Um, <laughs> like in Talladega Nights, because I watched that the other day for the first time in years. <laughs> nice. um, but... I, I was like, this is interesting. This is different. This is something that would seriously affect a person. And one quick little drive isn't going to fix that after sulking for apparently a very long time. Like, yeah, I no, just. It's, it's movies. Uh, it's just movie. Yeah. It's a movie. It just, you know, it, I don't know. Movie too hard. Go back. <laughs> movie slightly less. Like, just. I'm just saying, if you wanted it to be that quick, just make the conflict about the racing. Like, make it that he loses. I mean, that happens enough, but like, make it that he loses and then he has to pick. And he's like, oh no, I have to pick myself up again. Don't add in this extra morality tale and then just skim past it because, oh, we need to get to the, the big triumphant ending. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I do agree with you that that moment should have been lived in more. I think that a, a movie that did sort of kind of that tone or that vibe perfectly was Ron Howard's Rush mm. mm-hmm. after Nikki Lauda got in that accident. Ironically enough, he also wrecked on the Nurburgring. It's mm. the most dangerous ring in the world. So, yeah, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on yeah. Gran Turismo, Andrew? I am not sure how I'm supposed to feel about Orlando Bloom's character in this movie. Mm. I don't know if it's a oh my gosh, I'm yes, to that like was the other not. thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, <laughs> is it just me, or did he look really Wait, tired? I just want to recap what just happened. Uh, and Andrew said, "I'm not sure how to think about the Orlando Bloom's character," and Alice was like. I'll tell you how to feel about Orlando Bloom's character. Orlando. I know how to feel about this. <laughs> Go ahead, Alice. Just, tell us how to sorry, feel. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you live no, in no, your no. uncertainty, no, Andrew. 
<laughs> I just, did, is it just me or did Orlando Bloom just seem really tired throughout this whole film? Like, he, I just mm. felt like he was tired and he was I mean, doing this for a paycheck. No, no, yeah, not he's older. I know he's older, but that wasn't it. It just like the way he was acting felt very ca- like a caricature and like everything about it. I was like, are you just like trying to just get to the next thing? Like this was an in-between thing because I just didn't believe him. I didn't. I was like, why are you here? I don't need him. Just have a different, like, have one of the businessmen be one of the, like, be the main, um, the main guy from PlayStation or a Japanese dude. Like, why do you need Orlando Bloom? Like, ugh. So, yeah, that's, that's how I that's think about it. That's interesting. Well, Alice, <laughs> I think that you're talking more about Orlando Bloom's performance. I'm talking mm. more about, I don't know how the movie wants me to think about his character. Right. I think okay. his performance is fine it's the actual character itself because there's moments in the movie where i'm like oh is he going to end up being the bad guy because he's going to go all corporate on him and he's going to be like this is the way it has to be done or anything like that you know i mean he has that moment he has those moments yeah he has that moment i think he's just meant to be a businessman like i think that he's i think they're trying to be like he's not good or bad he he just cares about this thing succeeding um He's then, an obstacle. He's he's an, yeah. he's he's meant to be an obstacle. Uh, the story has him as another obstacle to uh, the the Yon character, um, and yeah. because he wants somebody. But he's such who's, a weeble wobble. You can knock him over, and he's yeah, not an obstacle yeah. at but, all. But but I'm just saying that's. I think that's what the story wants from him because mm-hmm. it needs him for that big moment where you know we think he's going to be completely unfair, um, and uh, and. And the movie doesn't really let us know how that was resolved, other than showing us that it was, <laughs> it was resolved. Taken care yeah, of. Was like, they what was the end of that of conversation? <laughs> I want the end of that conversation. David Harbour just punched him. Yeah, he, <laughs> he knocked him out. <laughs> I want to just real quick talk about Archie Mattaque, who's our main actor. Mm-hmm. Talking about Midsommar, he's another actor mm-hmm. from Midsommar. Yep. Wait, uh, who does he play in that? Simon. He's one of the other friends. Yep. What? That goes. <gasps> yep. Oh my god, my mind yep. is blown. Yeah, they were they supposedly left early, but they oh, yeah. did not leave early. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's hard good, to forget see, people from that film. movie. They yeah. kinda like burn them into your memory. <laughs> yes. Yeah, to be fair, there but, uh, are other characters that are burned into my memory from that movie, but literally. Anyway. Oh, uh, I can uh, I, I can I barely stand that bun, Alice. Barely. You can barely stand it, yeah. <laughs> I think that his performance in this is a bit wooden, like uh, except for the except for that part that we've been talking about that traumatic moment. I thought that he was very good in that, but I'd say for most of it, I really wasn't buying his performance. Oh, Orlando, you're still talking about Orlando? No, no, no now main, I'm talking about Archie Medical. Oh, oh, okay. Um, no, I think Orlando Bloom. I think that's kind of on purpose. I I kind of think that's mm. the character. Um, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think, I think that's intentional. I think that that uh, because they even mention it a few times about I mean, that's kind of the point is like that's why the the guy doesn't that's why the Orlando Bloom character doesn't want him because he's not dynamic. He's not the person that they want in front of the the TV cameras and those kind of things. So I think that is a part of the character intentionally. Um, Well, I think there's a difference between, you know. You know, having a character that's not good on social circles and then having an actor who can't portray emotions 
in a believable I way. I don't think that's I, his fault, though. I think no, that I think that's, that's the character. That's how he was directed. Like, yeah. I think that mm. might be more Neil Blomkamp than it is Archie. Like, and that's why I said I could see the potential and I'm excited to see him in other projects because the other thing I wanted to talk about, like, jumping off that is I just didn't feel like... I, I just kept the whole time being like, this is the District 9 guy. Like, it just <laughs> felt so unstylistic in comparison. It felt more like Chappie than District 9. And and I just, yeah. So, but no, but I just think that with um the, the main character, I think that they wanted him to be like closed off and, you know, very in himself. And maybe like, oh, this is what people that play video games are like. Like, I think that that's maybe part of it. Yeah. I think this is his best movie since uh, District 9. I mean, that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, have you guys, uh, not to um, go off on a tangent here, but have you guys seen Oates Studios on YouTube? No. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. So Neil Blomkamp started making digital shorts on YouTube, like short movies that are sci-fi based, and they're really, really good. Um, I highly recommend you check those out. But uh, yeah, he is a hit or miss director. Like District 9 is so good. And I think that this is pretty decent. Um, I know it sounds really strange, but I wanted to uh, say this before we get to our one last things on this movie. Um, I think it was, did we do The Creator last week? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you remember I said like Gareth Edwards has been hit or miss or you know or whatever and you and Andrew you were like um no he's actually <laughs> made like were you thinking of Neil Blomkamp I was thinking of Neil Blomkamp I like I literally <laughs> had them and they don't sound anything alike um and I think I just had him in my mind because Gran Turismo just came out recently um yeah. so yeah anyhow just thought I'd clear that and up and they're both they're both indie sci-fi guys yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay, one last thing, uh, Andrew. No post credit scene. Uh, Alice, you got one last thing. Uh, romance wasn't needed. Could have cut that. Would have shaved off ten minutes, fifteen minutes, <laughs> twenty minutes of the film, and I would have enjoyed that. Uh, just because a, f- a person is coming up in the world, they do not need a romance storyline. You can just make what? it about the f- the racing <laughs> or it's the singing. Fine. Or yeah. the singing. Yeah. The, the the moral of the reviews today is. You don't have to shove romance into every film. And I say this as a romance girly. I'm a strong romance girly. But when it's... I don't even remember the name. I, I kept getting the, the, like, actress who played the girlfriend confused with one of the contestants from the P- the PlayStation uh, thing. Uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wait, what's her name? Who is she? Just, ugh. Just, no. Stupid. You don't need it. <laughs> Cut it. Yeah. Sorry, Alice. We don't make the rules, but... If you have somebody from 17 to 28 in a movie, they have to be romantically involved with somebody. Yes. It's it's law. It's really important it's because the people who are making the movies are already married and they have to like work out their mm-hmm. wanting to be dating, you know, go yeah. back in time. Yeah. And so they have live to vicariously. You know, live vicariously through their stars. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they make it better vicarious living. Read a book. <laughs> My one last thing is... God bless Jamon Hansu for showing up and giving his all in a part that was completely nothing. He was he was going for it. It worked, yes. and yet it didn't matter Good because that him. part was nothing in this movie. Um, yes. 
Uh, so, uh, you know, big props, big props uh, to him. Fully agree. Fully agree. He's such a good actor. When is he? He needs to oh, yeah. like, he needs to do a Killian Murphy. He needs to get that role. Mm. Break him into that leading man yeah. spot. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. There's our thoughts on Gran Turismo. Uh, before we head on to the Best Ever Challenge, thank you to our Patreon members. Appreciate you hanging out and throwing a couple bucks our way each month. Means the world to us. Keeps the website going. Uh, keeps the podcast going. And you get some fun stuff, including a members-only pre-show that we record just for you. Um, you have access to all of those pre-shows. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All the way back to the beginning of when we started doing them, um, which is a while now. So there's like a whole new Sif Pop world uh, that you could dive into uh, in your own dedicated podcast feed as a Sif Pop member. Um, so if you want to do that, go to patreon.com slash Sift Pop and uh, check out the different levels there. Uh, all right, let's head into the best ever challenge, best ever family movies, movies where a family title is in the movie. So we're talking about things like brother, sister, mother, father, mom, dad, uncle, grandma, grandpa, um, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, I didn't really stretch this one, uh, although I will, so I, I will say I think every one of my top five is a different member of the family, which I didn't actually do intentionally, but it just happened that way. Um, so we'll go number five to number one. If you have it higher, make sure you let me know so that we can, we can trump it, uh, so that the person who has it highest can talk about it then. 
My uh, number one might be a veto. I'm just going to. <laughs> oh, your number one. Well, I will tell you, there were a couple movies where I was like, oh, that would fit. And then I was like, no, that's an age yeah, of a person, I, not a family member. Like, kid. I, I like, struggled. kid is not a family member. That's a, you know, a child is not a family oh, member. Oh, dear, then. Baby oh, well, is not a family member. Like, well, it's- look, look, I, I struggled. <laughs> and so you got to give me this one. <laughs> It's going to be a wild ride, folks. <laughs> All right. We'll go from number five to number one. Uh, Alice, since we're going to have so much fun with your answers, we'll let you go first. Uh, Alice, what is your number five? I will say my my two to four, two to five are going to be fine. It's okay. my number one. It's your number one. Which is, and my honorable mentions, because I knew that they would be wrong. Uh-huh. Sure. My f- number five is mother. Um, <laughs> because. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no way you're getting away with that at number five. you'll find out later. Uh, all right, uh, Andrew. What do you got at number five? I have a movie called Mother that is different. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a 2010 South Korean film. Yes, oh, Bong Joon Ho. I've heard of that yeah. one. Is yes, it, oh, it must be good. Is it good? It's on your. <laughs> I watched it, it today. <laughs> I watched it today for the first time. Oh, nice. What'd you think? And. It was really good. Uh, did not see where the movie was going. Uh, uh, it's one of those movies where after watching it, you really don't want to say a lot. You're like, just go into this blind and uh, see where it takes you. It, it Roughly, it's about a mother who's trying to prove her son's innocence over a murder. That's all I'll say yeah. about it. And it's fascinating movie. Great performances. Really good. There are three great movies uh, called Mother. Um, the other is the Albert Brooks movie um, that is uh, called Mother. It's uh, 90s. I think, I think it came out in the 90s. Well worth a watch. Really okay. great. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Uh, this was Mother, not Mother. Correct. <laughs> but the Albert yeah. Brooks one is also Mother. So, there's two <laughs> Mothers in one. Mother! Uh, so, there you go. Yeah. Uh, What's your number five, Aaron? My number five is The Man from Uncle. Um, I oh, oh, freak. I <laughs> hey, is it is an uncle an acronym? acronym? That's an acronym. It's the word uncle, though. It's the it word works. uncle. So I'm gonna let you have it. I, I, I was saying that just because I'm so mad at it. I'll give it. it. I'll give it to you, but you have to give me my number one. That's the rule. <laughs> like I was gonna take it away. Like I was gonna take it away. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I really enjoy this. I think it's really well done. Um, Boy, just it just comp- does not get the attention it deserves for a fun action mm. movie. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah um, possibly some problematic actors in it yes. now. But Henry uh, Cavill. Oh, is Hen- no Henry Cavill still fine? He's still fine, right? Is he f- <laughs> Please tell me he's still fine. <laughs> I haven't done the math recently. Don't good. ask me. I have okay. no idea. <laughs> Henry Cavill and Alicia he's, Vikander are great. He's not the one I was talking about. That's all yeah, I, I know. I know, I know. But you said actors, and then I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes. Anyhow, uh, the movie is great. Man from Uncle is my number five. Uh, let's go on to our number fours. Alice, what do you got at number four? Um, I will say three of mine are related to m- mums. So my number four is Parallel Mothers. Hmm. Is anybody else? Okay. No. No. Okay. So Don't this, know this was. One. It was nominated. You should. It was nominated for Oscars like two years ago. Um, Penelope Cruz was nominated mm-hmm. and it is a, 
Um, so it's a foreign language film, and it's I think it's Sp- Spanish or Mexican. I want to say it's one of those two countries. Um, it's in Spanish. I should say that much. And it's basically you know about uh, Penelope Cruz and this other mother, uh, hence the name, and their kind of very complex relationship around what it is to be a mother. And, you know, this, the, the whole idea of, of the theme of motherhood, the responsibility and how it can affect a person. Um, it's it's actually going in. I thought I'd be bored. And I because I, I was cooking while I was doing it. And I, I vividly remember stopping cooking and then sitting down and watching the whole film because I was so engaged by the character work. I, I was so engaged by the direction and the music. The score is one of the best scores. And I think it was nominated for score as well that year, but it was like really like tension providing. And um, I don't know, it was just a really interesting look into motherhood in a way that hasn't been portrayed in a long time. So because basically to give the idea, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's about two mothers that give birth on the same day. And then something happens that connects, that ends up connecting them later down the line. And the the two main characters, so Penelope Cruz and the other actresses, Milena Smith, I think that they have great chemistry. I think that there's a really interesting work happening here. And yeah, I really recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it. There you go. Parallel Mothers, yeah. Parallel Mothers. And it's, and it's one four. of um, the films by Pedro Alma Devar, so mm-hmm. he's like you know one of the the, the big the big uh, actors of uh, actors directors I mean <laughs> of Spain. So can recommend. Uh, Andrew, what's your number four? Oh, he did uh, the Skin movie with uh, mm-hmm. the Skin I Live In. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got at number four, Andrew? Mother. <laughs> If you have Albert okay. Brooks' uh, mother at number three, I apologize for first. For, for I don't uh, think he would have from... yelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every single every single one on Andrew's list is called mother. Um, <laughs> that would be a great. <laughs> I, I wanted to try and do the bit where you know I would choose a different family member per uh-huh. you know sure. one. I just haven't seen enough. Yeah, yeah. So, Me too. yeah. Me too. Um, What's your four? My number four is Coal Miner's Daughter. Um, A a really great movie starring hmm. Sissy Spacek. Uh, Tommy Lee Lee Jones is in there. Beverly. This is a Loretta Lynn biography, right? It is a correct Loretta Lynn uh, story. Um, And it is incredible. Michael Apted uh, directed it. Um, Well worth a watch. Um, Pretty incredible stuff. Coal Miner's Daughter is my number four. Uh, Number threes. What do you got, Alice? The Mummy. Great pick. Wouldn't have thought of it. Great. I love it. Great pick. It counts. It People call their mum's mummy all the time. And in Australia, you spell it with the U. You're preaching, so. you're preaching to the choir. This absolutely <laughs> yeah. counts. Yeah. I mean, I like it is just a great film. It's a, like Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Not Tom Cruise. Not Tom Cruise. I thought not we were going Tom with Tom Cruise, Cruise the mummy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that is not, that is not my dishonorable mentions, even though I saw it three times because I got forced to. So wow. it's also, I've got three low times. key PTSD from that one. Yeah. Um, and so, no, it is not the one with Sophia Batella and Tom Cruise where that they released a trailer where there was no sound in it. Um, no, it was not that one. It is the Brent, the nineties one where it has Rachel Weiss with the most plucked eyebrows you've ever seen and good for her that they grew back. <laughs> you've got Brendan Fraser as an extremely 
extremely debonair and handsome archaeologist type person and it was fun like honestly so much of this is riding on my nostalgia because i haven't seen it in years and i kind of don't want to because i don't want it to not be as good as sure. i remember it being uh, um and it then alice it is yeah I, i've been wanting to sit down and watch them all because i actually haven't seen the third one but i also am like maybe i don't need to <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, so, let's not get ahead of ourselves here you can just watch the first one maybe just the first one yeah and then i just it's such a fun movie like sometimes you just want to watch a fun silly little fantasy that's good and doesn't need to be remade you know years later it's fine just leave it leave it as it is brendan fraser was the best one and you don't need tom cruise just stay in your in your mission impossible uh line okay and top gear top gear no top gun oh my god <laughs> top gun stay there he don't- was on top gear he was, was of course he was gear. of course he was that sounds very on brand for him but yes the mummy love that film great film very nice andrew what's your number three in the name of the father mm-hmm. daniel day lewis you know Ooh, i had to have ddl on my list mm-hmm. mm. alice i would Really, if I were you, I would really bump this up on your need-to-watch list. Mm. Uh, a, because it's Daniel Day-Lewis. B, because it's a true story. And C, it's a fascinating, horrifying true story Ooh. about um, some Irish residents who were locked up for a car bombing that they did not commit. And they were in prison for 12 years. It was a rough movie. Great performances all around. Yeah, great movie. There you go. Uh, in the name of the Father, and a number three for Andrew. Uh, my number three is Son of Rambo. Um, now, if you're looking for this movie, uh, you need to be advised that Rambo is spelled with a W at the end, uh, like Rainbow, but Rambo. Um, yeah, Son of Rambo is a Gar- or Garth Jennings uh, movie. It was the first movie, I, I believe the first movie he directed. And it uh, follows a couple of schoolboys in uh, 80s England as they imitate uh, what it, they think it's like to be Rambo. You'll notice uh, Will Poulter, a young Will Poulter is in this movie. Um, and it is uh, a lot of fun. So uh, I think Edgar Wright shows up in this movie uh, as well. So, yeah, Son of Rambo is a lot of fun. Uh, this movie is now 16 years old. I cannot believe it. Uh, it's crazy how time flies. Um, so, yeah, Son of Rambo is great. Garth Jennings went on to direct The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I like more than most people oh, do. That's and a great then, movie. And then uh, he is now bringing the only likable parts to the Sing movies. Uh, he directed both Sing and Sing <laughs> 2. So, um, and you can see his sense of humor in there. Uh, so yeah, that is Son of Rambo in at my number three. Uh, all right, number twos. Alice, what do you got at number two? This might get trumped, but The Father? It's my number two as well. Well, there you go. Let's talk about it. Um, oh, I, I mean... A, it's my first honorable mention, so oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I'm, I'm not going back to watch it that much because it's so harrowing, but it is just beautiful. I think... Like, obviously, Anthony Hopkins, amazing. So amazing that he caused one of the biggest upsets in Oscar history as a result. Not upsets, but you know what I mean. Shocks, I guess, is a better word. Shock. Even so shocked, even Steven Soderbergh 
didn't guess it. Um, it's not his fault. I yeah. mean, it's not his. And he and was so, better. So shocked he was. He was in bed when it got announced because <laughs> he didn't think he would win it. So, but yeah, I agree. I think it it just goes to show that. His performance is just astounding in that film. But I don't want to talk about his performance because I feel like it's been talked about a lot. I want to talk about everyone else's performance around him. I think Olivia Coleman is just, I, I mean, she's one of my favorite actresses working right now, actors working right now. I mean, she's just amazing. All the other cast and the way in which I actually feel like for once a film that's based on a play actually used the medium of film in a way that was interesting and really put you in the headspace of the father, um, you know, as he's kind of, as his mind is degrading and as someone who is horrified by the idea of Alzheimer's and a little bit worried she's going to end up with it herself, it, it definitely gave me nightmares that night. But, like, it's just very well done. Great film. Yeah, Andrew, talk about it a little more. The feet that it must have been to accurately portray what it must feel like to go through Alzheimer's in a way that we as an audience could still understand the story at the same time is beyond impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like what Alice says, everybody's going to be talking about Al- or Anthony Hopkins' performance. It's one of the best performances <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because... I think that he's obviously going to be remembered for his entire career as Hannibal Lecter, but I think this is his best performance. I think this is the best performance he's ever given in his entire I think he's in this movie a little bit more, that's for sure. I think you could that certainly is, that is very true. I think you could certainly have that mm. discussion. Um and uh you know, uh, best Anthony Hopkins performances is a fun discussion cuz he is mm. incredible yeah. and um, almost everything he touches. Yeah, I was going to say, he he's very good. <laughs> Just to simplify, he's a very yeah. good... <laughs> he, he well, that- Even when he mails it in, he's amazing. Uh, which I assume yeah. he was doing in, in Westworld. Pretty but Westworld. He's, in, he's incredible in Westworld. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... That's my number two. So what's yours? My number, number two, two is... Uh, so, uh, on all three of our lists, I had it at number two, uh, Andrew, you had it at number three, four, four, and Alice, you had it at number five. That's actually surprising to me. This is, this is a kind of love it, hate it movie. Uh, it's wild that all three of us love it enough to have it on our list. I don't think it's any secret, uh, that Andrew and I love this movie. We've talked about it before. Um, but for me... It is one of those singular movie experiences. Mm-hmm. This is a one of one with the experience of going to a movie, thinking I understood the metaphor of the movie, having a conversation with somebody else who thought they understood the metaphor of the movie completely <laughs> and wholly, and we were both right. This this, <laughs> this is and and then a third person could have also been right. This movie has yeah. three distinct, complete and unified metaphors in it, and it is astonishing the way uh, that it works out. The My only hit on this movie is that it is a metaphor movie. It's not a narrative film. Mm-hmm. It is a metaphor movie. You are going to watch a metaphor. You're not going to watch a narrative film. Um, and, you know, I like it better when a movie can be both. I really do. But this is a great metaphor movie. Maybe the best metaphor movie um if you just judge that element of it so yeah i really really 
really dig Mother um, and everything that it's trying to do. Um, Andrew, you had it next. So what what are some of your thoughts, stuff you might add to that? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence's performance, uh, the believability she she brings to such an absurd and psychotic uh, story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she should have been nominated. She won. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alice, any further thoughts? I mean, I will always remember watching this film because. Like, I agree, it was such a unique experience, and especially because it didn't click for me until the drive home, and I remember having literally a eureka moment. Like, I exclaimed and I scared the living daylights out of my friend who was driving (laughs) because I was just thinking and thinking and thinking, but I also will always remember, so we were sitting in the movie theatre, the movie ends, and (laughs) just out of nowhere, someone else in the theatre just exclaimed, what the- (laughs) and everyone and everyone started laughing because i think we were all just in shock from what we had just witnessed yeah and then and then like normally you know you come out of a movie and you're talking about it and talking about it and talking about it but i think i was just processing it and then yeah i had my little moment and i was like oh my god and and then all i did i was up so late researching and reading articles about it and you know just like really diving deep because i love high concept films there's so especially when they're actually interesting um and not just like two in the like you could almost say this two in the concept but i do believe as well the performances of javier bardem and um and jennifer lawrence just bring something to this film which just like you cannot look away. It's like you know when people say it's like a car crash you can't look away, but it's like a good car crash, <laughs> if that makes sense. I just and then also the fact that Kristen Wiig is in this film is so random to me and will always be so random to me. But oh, I think Darren Aronofsky like just had something he needed to get out with this film, and he yeah, it it's so hmm. good. It's just bizarre. Did he it is write it as well. I don't know. Let's look it up. We have the wonders of the internet around us. Um, but I just, yeah, it is definitely something that is so vivid in my brain still, even though yeah, like, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Wow. Yeah, yep. He had he had some stuff he was working through, yeah. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> All right, there's my number two. So let's go to our number ones. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Alice, uh, what is your number one movie that you contains- You know said, like- <laughs> child doesn't count well it does because people say this is my child (laughs) right or this is your child or this is a child or (laughs) but you can also use it in the like possessive way and that's how it counts so i'm going with children of men leave me alone it's (laughs) it's such a not even child children you you went with children just like the general concept of young human beings no no you can say oh where are my children oh these are my children oh where are the children husband or wife you Uh know it's stuff that said you if you have more than one you say kids or children you don't Mm -hmm. say where is my son and daughter you know i'm not taking it away from you uh i just know that i disqualified those words for for me so (laughs) okay well, I was I was struggling, and look, it's not as bad as the other one I had as my number one and bumped to my honorable mention, because I was like, <laughs> that's not going to work. Well, I'm excited um, to hear it. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> um, but yes, Children of Men, it's amazing. We all know it's def- if you haven't seen it, if it, I feel like it's still underrated all these years later, so definitely watch it, especially right now. It's so 
you know, relevant. I feel like it's one of those films that will always be relevant in some way. And also filmmaking wise, it's just incredibly impressive. Alfonso Cuaron, great work. There you go. Andrew, what is your number one? Currently number 42 on my top 100 movies of all time. Oh, brother, where art thou? That's my number one as well. Mm. Oh, brother, where art thou? Talk about it. What a fun movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there are few movies that even just the mention of them will put a smile on my face. This is one of those movies. It's just endearing. It's oh, I was thinking the other day, if there are any other movies like this that take uh, a great epic poem or uh, you know anything like that and then recontextualize it as a period piece, I can't think of any other movies. I could just be forgetting them, but I can't really think of any other movie that does what Oprah the War Arthur does. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, I like you enjoy it. It's a front to back watch for me. Uh, if you know, if I happen to see it on, it just it glues me to it. Um, I think George Clooney is astonishing in this movie. Um, I think the Coen brothers are just I I don't know why. I mean, I think I might know one reason why, but I, I have a hard time when people are like greatest directors of all time and nobody mentions the Coens. I just like mm. their library, I put it up against the best of the best. Uh, you know, I think it's in the conversation with Scorsese and Spielberg and Hitchcock. They're cheating. And There's two of them. That's the reason. That is the one reason that I think it, it may not happen that way, which is weird, maybe understandable, mm. but. Um, You're not alone, though, Aaron, in this. They should be in the conversation. They really should. Alone. They really, they really should. Um, I, I also think there's bonus points on this one because it's directed by the Cohen brothers. So you know, it's got the director <laughs> and the title. Uh, okay. Well, if I knew so, we could do that. <laughs> Why is there a movie directed a by very, Julia do Childs? You, uh, <laughs> do you do you like this movie, Alice? I've never seen it. It's on my list of shame. I know, I know, oh, I know. Good, I need good. to see. check it out. I'm young, okay? It'll, it'll, it's fine. I'll tell you what. What really has helped me with my list of shame is to to tick off a director or an actor mm. or to like just look at their list and just go, okay, I'm going to find out where all of their stuff is available. Yeah, and I'm just going to tick them off. Like, and the Coens is a good one to do that with. So. I mean, I've made a list. I, I shared it with you even, Aaron. Yes. I just, I have been distracted with uh, video games and stuff recently, uh -huh, but I yes. will get back to it and it's fine. It's yes. fine. I've got my first list. Oh, brother, where out there is on that list. And I will work through that. And I'm going to go back to watching one a week and then just watch, watch how my, my repertoire unfolds. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, just remember Aaron and I both had it as our number one. Yeah. Yes. That's oh true. goodness. That's true. <laughs> I better like it. <laughs> yes, that's how this works. You must like yeah. the same things that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, let's uh, let's talk honorable mentions, Andrew. What did the uh, Sif Pop gurus have to say this week? So uh, there was one on here that I don't know if it counts or not. So you are going to have veto power. Sure, for I'll judge the gurus it. this week. Uh, mm -hmm. Number three this week was Oprah. The Where Art Thou, which mm -hmm. is fine. Mm -hmm. This is the one that might. Get vetoed. The Godfather two. I'd count that. Ooh. I'd count Godfather. <gasps> I just didn't. I just I didn't think about the Godfather. I, no, Sorry, I, would, I, I, I would absolutely count that. Um, even if I didn't See, count the father part of it, like Godfather is also 
a very specific relationship you know so like but i, I didn't know if it was familial because i would have had it on my list sure sure I really yes. but i'd count the father part of it even if i didn't count the the godfather so okay yeah well then we oh, can take out well, that even though i like even though i like mother <laughs> yeah then i would have taken out that and put in godfather 2 because it's it's the godfather 2 <laughs> yeah. yeah i would have had the godfather on my list oh <laughs> And number one from the gurus this week is a movie none of us mentioned, My Cousin Vinny. Mm, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think of My Cousin Vinny. Uh, I wouldn't have had it on my list, but um, but yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a good choice. That was number one for them. Yep. All right. Number one. Uh, Alice, uh, upset us with your honorable mentions. All right. I'll start with some that will be fine. Okay. So we had things like The Wife, the Glenn Close movie. Sure. Good uh, movie. That she was nominated for and almost won for. Um, Not Without My Daughter, which has like Sally Field and Alfred Molina in it. And it's a very harrowing Like, I, I don't know if I'd recommend it because it's very sad, but she's they're very mm-hmm. good in it. So... Um, the Lost Daughter, I think, is worth watching. So good. so good. I think that there's a lot going on there. And again, Olivia Coleman, and um, not just Olivia Coleman, Jesse um, Buckley. Jesse Buckley, who is just, I can't wait. She's she'll be not she'll win an Oscar soon. Paul like, Mescal, so Dakota Johnson. Yeah, yeah. But Ed I was Harris. thinking of Jesse Buckley. Yes, 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 yes. Lost Lo- Daughter, a man. huge and Maggie Gyllenhaal at the helm. Absolutely yes. amazing. Um, and then I had Tokyo Godfathers, which is a great Christmas film. I can recommend. I watched it for the first time. Wait, wait. Can I? You, you had, had you Tokyo had Godfathers, Tokyo but you Godfathers forgot regular Godfathers? <laughs> in your, about the In your Godfather. honorable mention? <laughs> you literally had Godfather? Godfather in your honorable mention? I forgot about the Godfather. <laughs> I think, okay, look, wow. look, this, this is what happened, Okay. I was making my list because we didn't have to submit submit them early this time. Mm-hmm. And so I made my list last night at 4 a.m. after I finished playing <laughs> Baldur's Gate. And I was like, I should just find my list now. And normally I just scroll through like I I um, sort my IMDb watch list mm-hmm. by my review. And then I just start at 10 and I work my way down. And I must have scrolled past The Godfather and my <laughs> eyes didn't catch it. Even when when you're typing down down (laughs) Tokyo Godfathers, (laughs) look, the most iconic and famous movies ever made. Uh, it's all right. That's amazing. That's really amazing. I have have an addiction with Baldur's Gate, guys. It's okay. (laughs) Just like it's fine. I I didn't mean to. Anyway, Tokyo Godfathers is a good, nice film. You should watch it. Um, anyway. And then my two, which might get vetoed, are Fighting With My Family, which is the Florence Pugh film. Because mm. you say family. Like, this is my family. But that was the only one yeah. of the families. Hey, count hey family. <laughs> People say that. That's a very normal that. thing to say. This, this this is my family, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. We say that sure. all the time. Sure. And then <laughs> this one's the bad one. Um, the Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Bride? <laughs> yeah, because Bride. Because you say like, oh, I'm. this is the bride. This is my bride. I'm the groom. Uh-huh. I, I'm the bride and right. this is the bride, you know? Right. Yeah. A family yeah. member for a day and then they go to wife. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you didn't say the length of time in which they had the name. Listen, it was part just... of the fun is stretching the category. 
It's 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 yeah. all Look, in good fun. I could have stretched fun. it further, and then I erased it last minute, so <laughs> it would have been worse. It could have been worse. I had womb on there, and then I was like, "That's just a bit ridiculous." Alice. Yeah, amazing. Now you're just listing anatomical parts. <laughs> Uh, I would also mention Father of the Bride. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Uh, Sister Act yes. is also really fun. Oh, Sister Act! Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Whoopee! Uh, Mr. Anyway. Mom, also really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Buck, also really fun. Those were the uh, other ones yeah. that I wanted to mention. Big pancake. So, there you go. Best ever family movies uh is what Quotations. we will say uh all right let's move on to our buried treasure we'll finish off with uh, something in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about alice you're our guest you'll go last uh andrew why don't you go first i'm gonna go with a youtube channel uh called country club adjacent i don't know if any of you have heard of this channel Ooh. or not Nope. this is a youtube channel where professional uh comics will go to country clubs and like PGA and live tournaments and they will follow around celebrities and roast them as they play golf. And the entire (laughs) goal is to get them to back off of the tee, like to say something that either makes them giggle or throws them off of their game. And they have a list celebrities coming through. They have professional golfers. They, they went around with the Trumps, like they were roasting Trump for an entire video, like him, like Don, Eric, Big Don, all of them. They, it's a really funny YouTube channel, and some of the jokes are, it's not like raunchy or anything like that. It's like you're the poor version of something, something. But they're so clever, and it's their timing that really uh, works for them. I really recommend it. Country Club adjacent. Country Club Adjacent on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to talk about a show that I just found. I think it's been out since the beginning of the year. I had heard nothing about it. Um, And it is on Peacock, I believe, called The Traitors. This is a reality competition Mm -hmm. show. Um, And I am a reality competition lover. I love Survivor. I love Big Brother. Uh, Used to love Amazing Race. I don't watch Amazing Race anymore. It kind of got a little boring for me. Um, but, uh, the challenge, love the challenge. Um, so I love reality competition shows. Well, the traders brings at least the first season brought together half of the contestants were like reality show, like all stars. Like you had people from survivor there, like really like good survivor players, um, really good uh, Big Brother players. Like, um, it was a pretty impressive. People who know how to strategize. Yeah, people who know how to strategize. And then uh, regular people form the the rest of the cast. Uh, at least in season one. Rumor is season two is going to be all like reality all stars. But anyways, um, and it's a really fun concept. The concept is basically like that game Mafia that you may have played growing up, where everybody closes their eyes, somebody becomes Mafia. Every night somebody gets murdered, and then every day people try to banish the mafia, and if they don't, then somebody else gets murdered that night. This is the same concept. There are three traitors among the entire game, and they murder someone every night, send somebody home, and then during the day they do competitions to put money in the bank for the winner. Um, and then they have a banishment ceremony and after they banish someone, they'll stand in the circle of truth and say whether they were a traitor or I believe they call, uh, the rest of the group, the faithful, 
Um, mm-hmm. And so whether they're mm-hmm. a traitor or the faithful. And so if they it banish... It's like a cult. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It. <laughs> uh, well, so in like the, you know, so if they banish somebody and they're the faithful, everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, we can't get these... In tra-. So it's really interesting to watch. Um, really fun. Uh, if you get to, if you banish all the traders, who's ever left when the last trader goes home, they split the the prize pool. Um, if there's a trader on the left at the end, they win everything. Um, so that's basically how it works. Or if there's two traders left, they would split the prize pool. You know that kind of thing. It sounds like Among Us, the mole and Clue wrapped up into <laughs> yeah. one. Well, it and has werewolf. A, it has a yep. very well. It's and Mafia and Werewolf night. are very very similar games. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the the uh, the other thing I haven't mentioned it is very Clue like because mm. it takes place in a castle in Scotland mm-hmm. and um, and Tim Curry is the host and he's whole Alan Cumming. I'm sorry, Alan Cumming. I said Tim Curry. I meant Alan Cumming. Uh, Alan Cumming is the host. I got and you. He he is hilarious on this show. He'd be a um, great host. Um, so I highly recommend The Traders. I'm about halfway into the season and loving it. Um, Sari Fields, one of my favorite Survivor players of all time, is on it, which is why I wanted to check it out. Um, uh, just because she's an incredible strategic mind, and I love uh, watching the way she thinks. Um, so anyhow, uh, there you go. That is uh, season one of The Traders. With season two coming out soon, I read the cast list for season two. It is even more star-studded than season one um, with like Sandra from Survivor, like one of the greatest Survivor players of all time. Uh, Parvati from Survivor. Uh, Johnny Bananas and CT from The Challenge, if you're a challenge watcher. Like absolute all-stars of these games coming together. Um, and then there are other people from other shows I don't watch because they're not competition reality shows, like Real Housewives shows, or um, I think <laughs> on the next season there's somebody from RuPaul uh, from Drag Race uh, that's in Ooh. the cast. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely pulling from all the different uh, reality shows for this. And, yeah, it's really fun, really interesting. Anyways, that's the Traders on Peacock. Uh, nice. Alice, check that out tonight. what is your buried treasure? Yeah, we have one in Australia, actually, and it's all Australian celebrities, so you probably wouldn't know me, like the reality stars. Yeah. I don't even know who they are. But Although I did just start watching Australia Big Brother, uh, Big Brother Australia. So, really? Yeah. Wait, yeah. like the new one or the old one? I can't. Or the really I can't, old one? I, I can't start with the new ones. I, I'm too much of a completist. I actually oh, found wow. so like- so you're doing like the original I'm watching ones. season one right now, like from like Wait, 2001. Or okay, yeah, it was. so that's the, yeah. that's the, like, so it's been rebooted twice now. Correct, so correct. Oh, no, I did all my research, Alice, before <laughs> I started. Believe me, I've seen every... Oh, you could have messaged me. I could have told you where to I, go. I've seen every episode of Big Brother UK and every episode of Big Brother US. And oh I was like, gosh. you know what? You are going to um, watch some iconic... You know that some of the stars from those Big Brother are now our biggest celebrities? I believe in, it. Like, in Australian Anybody television? from season one? Because the, the, I'm about halfway through season one. Uh, God, I need to remember who's in season one. Let me, I will research and All I will right. get back to yeah, you on we'll the talk. people to watch. We'll talk. But there is like some stuff that happens in those early seasons that has become like integrated into the meme culture here. So amazing. You'll, you'll be a little bit in with, with my people. But I'm excited. Speaking of Australia, <laughs> I know we're all horror movie fans here. Very clearly. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. you guys. If there's one thing you know about this podcast, <laughs> as you can tell by the movies we're picking in October, yeah. is, that, is that we're horror films. And so I just thought, well, of course, I'm going to come and tell you about the hor- I'm You probably heard of it, but if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. 
and it's Australian, which like blew my mind when I started watching it and people started speaking in Australian accents because I'll tell you this much. Normally when that happens, I tune out because Australian films, they can be really good or they can be really, really bad. And so when and more often than not, they're not great. But we tend to be all right with the horror movies like the most recent one. Talk to me. So this it is such a good film. I don't know. Have you guys, have either of you already seen this? I mm-hmm. think I may yeah. have buried treasured this at one point. I, I can't you? remember if I did or not. I thought, I definitely thought about it um, because I loved it. Um, yeah. Okay. Or at least well, really, really the, liked it, to be fair. For but. anyone watching, you need to go see this film because A, like, I am also, I'm not not a horror movie fan, but I'm not like, ooh, I'm relaxing. I'm going to put on a film that's going to scare the crap out of me, you know? (laughs) So, like, when, but everyone had been talking about this, and I was like, all right, all right, I'll go see it. I'll go see it. And it was a packed cinema, because it was, uh, my favorite cinema here is an independent theater, and there was, like, I reckon 40, 50 people in in the movie theater. And... I have, it was one of the most fun viewing experiences because every single person was reacting in exactly the same way. I haven't watched a film through my fingers in so long, but it was so horrifying and it was just so well done. It is basically, if if anyone listening doesn't know what it's about, it's about um, a... A girl in high school whose mum has just died and she gets invited to a friend's house party where they have this hand of a medium that's been embalmed. And if you hold it and say, talk to me, you can get possessed by a dead person. And it's meant to be like some little fun. And then obviously it turns more sinister because also what it does is it reminds me of all the times I went to sleepovers as a kid and we did stupid little summoning games. And and now it's made me be like, oh dear, something terrible could have happened if something went wrong because it's a hundred percent real. Um, but I think all the acting's amazing. It's such a tight told story, but also the themes and the metaphors that are explained, or not explained, explored in this film are just so, um, like the, it really, it's one, again, one of those ones where afterwards you're just taking apart every little element of like, oh, what did this mean? Oh, what does this mean? But also all of that aside, it's just a really scary movie. And there's a moment with a foot which I, and a moment with an eye where I literally was in, like, on the floor. I was so hard. I couldn't watch. And everyone around me was also going, no, no, don't, 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 like, just screaming. And it was so great. I strongly recommend. It was really good. Talk to me. Go. I, don't, I don't like the moment with the eye or the foot. That's not why I like this movie. Um, <laughs> no. I, I can do without this stuff. But uh, but the metaphor part that you speak of is is... Mm pretty great and Mm. i think pretty early on i locked in on what the what they were going for it's clear it's about peer pressure in some ways um but then it gets pretty clear what kind of peer pressure uh Mm. it's about there's a there's a moment where they tie people to the chair and it is so symbolically like tying off an arm like before you shoot yeah. heroin or something like that. And it's like, yeah. oh, we're dealing with a substance abuse metaphor yeah. here and it works. And the movie has the confidence to play that metaphor to its actual authentic conclusion by the end. Mm-hmm. And not all movies have that. Um, this is a movie, like I was mentioning earlier, that has the narrative and the metaphor. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, uh, to its credit. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Talk to me is good. 
So. Fun fact, this movie is written and directed by YouTubers. Yep. Hmm. From Adelaide. The, the yep, where, you're, awesome. where you're seeing it filmed, uh, Adelaide is not a destination. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is now. A, the most suburb, suburb place. Even the city is a suburb. Everything closes at eight. It, it's crazy. Uh, but yes, they are from Adelaide. <laughs> there you go. That is Talk To Me. I've actually had their YouTube channel on uh, Maya Bear Treasure a couple times. So. Oh, nice. Oh, there you go. Uh, Talk To Me is uh, available uh, video on demand right now for purchase or rent. The Traders is on Peacock and Country Club Adjacent is on YouTube. Well, congratulations, guys. We managed to Ooh. do a movie. No, yeah, do a podcast. Did. And we did a podcast. <laughs> do a video game. Do an actual yes. race. What did we do? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to Alice for hanging out with us again today and stretching the idea of the best ever challenge once again. Uh, Alice, uh, where would you like uh, people to seek you out and find you? Yeah, well, you can always find me as a writer on SifPop.com. I got two reviews coming up soon, one for Physical, the final season, and one for Only Murders in the Building. God such a good show um just a little spoiler of what i thought there um <laughs> and then you can also just find me on letterboxd and instagram at ali g mick a-l-i-g-m-i-c-h uh and you can talk to me <laughs> about all your opinions and thoughts gotta hand it to you that was a good pun thank you thank you very much gotta, gotta hand it to you yeah uh, <laughs> Also, thank you to Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. Just take a look at the levels to see where those perks go. Uh, find out more at patreon.com slash siftpop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can also email feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than concentrating on racing when Legolas is your manager and Hopper is your coach. We will be back (laughs) next week with more movies to talk about. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a dog that's barking in the background is giving another take. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a phone that is beeping that needs to be silenced. Done. See if my voice can hold out for a third try. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.